it's just feeding anyone who's already getting upset about this about physical distancing and when it's going to end this whole movement it's about to come you know it's it's gonna come here people are starting to you can see it happening in other places it's gonna come here too april 16th i don't even know what the date is anymore i think it's the 16th okay our quarantine <laughs> our isolation ends tomorrow we're giddy i'm then giddy. maybe we'll know have more reason to know we what day it is we've been rationing our bubbly water anyone else have this issue with co2 canisters because you have to exchange them we've been rationing ourselves that's why people turn tune into this podcast yeah okay what's happening today i don't know very much kaden was still under the weather today, <laughs> so I'm still not fully engaged in the world. Yeah, he's he's, yeah, he's t he's definitely still sick, but he's, you know, he's playing for parts of the day and watching TV and had some extra naps. Nothing concerning. Like now, it's just what you what I would expect from a sick kid, just yeah. kind of tired. He and I watched some of Justin Trudeau today. Mm announce a new program for commercial rent mm -hmm. which is good i've heard people asking about that a lot and also further extending other benefits that they've already announced good so that's good and he had a line it was like we you know something along the lines of we put these programs in place and as we hear that there's more people in need, mm -hmm. we are expanding the programs to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. like we've got your back. And I think, yeah, that's just how I always wish government worked. <laughs> I think everyone's very, very, very scared as like how many jobs are we going to be left with? We got like they just really see. I think everyone recognizes in a very short period of time. The number of jobs out there is has a risk of plummeting. You mean like after, like even when things reopen, the jobs will be gone? Or do you mean just now? Well, it's, yeah, well, de I think there's definitely some, so there's people in trouble because they're not working now, not getting mm -hmm. income temporarily. Yeah. But there are all sorts of businesses that are on the cusp of not being, being able to even exist anymore yeah, so exactly it's like the longer this drags out the m the higher risk each of those businesses is yeah and and i think that's what the commercial rent yeah 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 it's trying to address i mean there's this you know i think what some people are saying though is like everyone's got to feel the pain it's sort of you know the it's we really have to think infinite minded about this we have to be infinite minded about this like mm -hmm. we really have to think like i think landlords are like well it's not my problem the tenants taking like needs to pay the rent yeah like they're just thinking too short term why are about they this. immune to market forces though like no, i mean in rea in uh, they're they are entitled to think that but yeah. if they're not thinking down the road like really mm -hmm. think about how precarious your tenants are mm -hmm. and if they just they a business has this, I mean, it is kind of the benefit of having a corporation is that you can just fold it up, right? Like the, y you can fold it up and not have any personal damages to yourself, right? If you think you're going to lose, you just, you can just, if you're going to lose, rather than lose money and go into debt for the business, you could just 
knuckle out now mm-hmm. and come back when everything's back to normal. And that's going to just lead to a bigger gap for. But that's what I'm saying. Like, why should the commercial yeah. landlord be immune to market forces? Like, yeah. there's because that is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Is they're going to lose their tenants and there's not yeah. going to be anyone there to take their place. They're going to zero rent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if everyone can kind of bend a little bit and. And then from a societal that. aspect, like we want those businesses to remain viable so that when society reopens, the businesses reopen and have jobs. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but. What I was saying is that I just wish the government was always thinking, mm-hmm. like, how many people can we catch? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't think it always works that way at all. And, oh, I didn't tell you this before. Mm-hmm. Remember our mean Yelnizian? Yeah. We would always, she did little business spots on Metro Morning when, back when we used to listen to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> many years ago. The alarm used to go off at seven. Anyways, we always liked listening to her. And she said on Twitter that her group, I don't know what group she works with, but was asked by the federal government to like, like figure thing. out who wasn't being helped, mm-hmm. like who was falling through the cracks and propose ways to solve it. Mm-hmm. So they did. Mm-hmm. So I bet some of the things they're proposing were from her group. It's like the Center for Social Policy something. I forget exactly the name. I don't know, but she's great. The thing that's... Two things that are driving me crazy. I'll just get them out because I just want them on the yep. record. 5G now. The the oh number <laughs> of people involved in fi- that are believe in this garbage is, is just staggering to me. Now, I saw an article a c- couple days ago, but uh, I think Woody Harrelson, John Cusack, and MIA, I think she's a singer. A rapper. A rapper. Her big song, Paper Planes, is in, what's that movie with the Slumdog Millionaire, right? He's the, that's right. the big song. Anyways, anyway. I, I'm sure you've heard her music. They all believe in, they all believe in everything and in 5G. And some there's all these memes coming up because John Cusack is the say anything, you know, say anything movie where he holds the boom box over his mm-hmm. head. And for Molly Ringwald. Yeah, for Molly R- Ringwald. And they and people have said like, no, 5G is just a sp- fancy radio. And they write it like in the. Is it Molly Ringwald? I don't know. I think so. I'm going to look it up. You keep talking. So that's number one. So anyways, this thing just it just is so widespread five the 5g conspiracy is really it is its own virus i'll say it again and yeah it's scary it's scaring me because these are some of the people that you know we're starting to see these movements in some states in the u.s where they're protesting right that was in the news yesterday and today what where was it in i want to say in uh was it in maine michigan 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 yeah michigan there was a like a a protest for like get us stop stop the lockdown or whatever right and the shutdown or whatever it is it was not molly ringwald just for the record but these people are going to be like front and center in that movement right they're going to be pushing for getting people to not social distance physical distance um but aren't the 
anti-social distancing protests gonna kind of take care of themselves? Not before they infect a whole lot of people. Yeah, they're gonna infect a whole lot of people. But like, so there's this protest in Michigan. Yeah. In two weeks, a lot of those people are probably gonna be sick. Maybe. So is They'll that gonna prevent another protest like that from happening somewhere else? I think the lag might be too great. I feel like this has to be self-limiting in some way. Yeah, that would be that would be great, I guess, if that did happen. But I don't know. And then the thing that goes along with that that's driving me crazy is I keep that we keep reading about people that are getting ticketed like eight seven hundred eight hundred dollars for like being in a community center parking lot or being sitting on a park bench or no it was a pull-up someone was using a pull-up bar in a in a park it is not clear to anybody to the public that you are not allowed like so in playgrounds i think the message about kids in playgrounds was made very clear it was like no using playground equipment that's a high you know there's not a good place to be good then they put like yellow tape around all the playground equipment and all the parks and put up big signs, right? I think that was made fairly clear. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the park use kind of thing is very unclear. It's unclear what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. I would have thought it would be okay if you're by yourself to go sit in a park bench and read a book. Like, I don't see that as you're not actually, like, as long as no one comes and sits down next to you or you don't sit down next to somebody else, I would think that's perfectly fine. But apparently that gets you an $800 fine and not even a warning, potentially, in some cases. Um, And it seems like these bylaw officers are just, this is, it's just feeding anyone who's already getting upset about this, about physical distancing and when it's going to end, this whole movement, it's about to come, you know, it's going to come here. People are starting to, you can see it happening in other places, it's going to come here too. And you're just feeding that frenzy. Just it feels like the exact opposite thing that we should be doing right now, and trying to be nice to people. And and warnings are fine. I feel like it's pro- warnings will. If you walk up to someone and say, you know, we really want people not to hang around on benches and parks right now, I'm sure 99% mm-hmm. of people would listen. Mm-hmm. And then the one person who's being a jackass, sure, you can ticket them. Reminds me of somewhere in the States. I think it might have been in Pennsylvania somewhere where they were mandating that everyone had to wear masks on some kind of public transit. Yeah. I'm a little sketch on the details here, people. Mm. I don't know if it was what this a podcast bus or a train for. or a <laughs> I hope we didn't start out that way. <laughs> I feel we started out with hard facts. <laughs> Anyways, so there's this video going around of like cops pulling off this person off the transit because they weren't wearing a mask yeah and everybody commenting was like where we're from the cops just hand them a mask yeah like (laughs) it's a you don't violently rip someone like it's just it's gone too far it it, is this kind of crazy and this is the kind of thing that like yes i understand like the and then the arguments people use it's even john tory 
you know, he's trying to use the arguments for why he's closing playgrounds and why he's closing parks and all this stuff. You know, that it's good, reasonable arguments and s to some degree, but it there's no evidence for any of this stuff. So just take it with a grain. Like, they should all be acting with a grain of salt. Yes, it would be great if we could keep the majority of people out of parks and off, whatever. Uh, just stop. Keep staying in your houses as much as possible. But people need to live. But... And I take my example from Germany because yeah. Germany is doing a very oh good yeah. job here. Angela Merkel. Everyone. Angela Merkel did so good in her news thing. Yes. Everyone is hailing her. Yeah. Except, I guess, the people who think this is 5G. But mm -hmm. anyways, mm -hmm. she's, yeah, Germany's doing a fantastic job. They're going to open. They're still locked down, but their parks are open. Yeah. And everybody goes to the parks. The parks are packed, but spaced out you know people are spaced out they're listening but they're out yeah side yeah i don't get the argument that if you open street like the in toronto there's a push to get streets closed like to to car traffic so that people can walk in the streets mm -hmm. I, I don't understand the argument that that's gonna encourage more people to go in the streets i think like I just don't get it. I don't. I think you want people to be able to go out for a walk. Like you, ha yeah. you should be encouraging people to go out for a walk, but find a safe way to do it where you aren't close to other people. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to lock us down, like Italy, Spain, France. But it's like we aren't. We we bent our curve before that happened, right? Yeah. I feel like now we can enjoy kind of low risk social distancing park-like activities you know like yeah. yeah that's all yeah everything else can stay on lockdown but like we don't have to be the like you need papers to leave your house <laughs> kind of scenario here yeah i don't think yeah because yeah we bent that curve flattened that curve yeah and we got to keep it flat but yeah i are you, can I talk about something that I wanted to talk about? Of course, okay. yeah. There is a correspondence in the New England Journal of Medicine mm -hmm. that I just thought was fascinating. Mm -hmm. So in New York City, there was an obstetrical unit oh yeah. um, that had, that was doing like just kind of regular screening for women coming in where they would um, see if you had symptoms and then I guess test you for COVID but they found people kept uh, they had at least two incidences where women developed symptoms while they were in hospital mm -hmm. and hadn't been isolated so they started screening everybody mm -hmm. that came in to deliver a baby they started screening everybody mm -hmm. for COVID-19 mm -hmm. and the results totally support the notion that there's massive asymptomatic spread. Mm -hmm. So here are the numbers. Wait, where are the numbers? Okay, so this is between March 22nd and April 4th. They had 215 pregnant women deliver infants. Mm -hmm. We're at the New York Presbyterian Allen Hospital in Columbia and Columbia University Irving Medical Center. Mm -hmm. So all of those 215 women were screened. Screened. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So four women 
1.9% had a fever or other symptoms on admission and all of them were positive. Mm-hmm. So that's not surprising. Those are the women that would have been caught before. Mm-hmm. Of the 211 women without symptoms, mm-hmm. none of them had a fever. None of them had other symptoms. Okay, where's the number? 29 of them, 13.7% were positive for the virus. Mm-hmm. 13.7%. This mm-hmm. is just basically like general population people. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So that in a sense is a good thing, right? If it well, I guess assuming that there's some sort of uh what's it, immunity, right? Once you get it, mm-hmm. so there's there's all sorts of asymptomatic people out there that we don't know about, which means the actual like fat- case fatality rates probably a lot lower than we're expecting and Mhm. So, so then they followed these women only for the duration they were at the hospital, which was an average of two days. Mm-hmm. So of the 29 women who were asymptomatic but had um, the virus, mm-hmm. three of them developed a fever while they were in hospital. Mm-hmm. So not all of them may have remained mm. asymptomatic the whole time. Yeah. But like they were carrying and they had enough virus to register positive on the test. So they were probably, I bet they were um, contagious. Yeah. yeah. And then two more women developed symptoms while they were in hospital and then tested positive where they had originally tested negative. Yeah. So that's just so much. Yeah. COVID-19 just, circulating in the general population. So all of those women, so COVID and pregnancy, it doesn't seem to cross to the baby while the baby's inside the mom. Yeah. But then I think all of those women who tested positive would have been separated from their baby at birth. Right. Because, because once the baby is born, Ugh. they have a very underdeveloped immune system and so i think it's pretty risky for them to be around okay yeah that's my it, this paper doesn't say that yeah but um that's what i've heard in other interviews with obstetricians yeah so that's very sad mm-hmm. for those women and the babies mm-hmm. and to go along with that finding, there's another study, Nature Medicine, that came out, I think, yesterday or today. Um, basically showing the same thing about the amount, there's a substantial proportion of pre-symptomatic transmission happening. So they looked at mm-hmm. viral shedding, and um, I forget what how, what the exact numbers were, but it's, again, underscoring that there are lots of people without symptoms without symptoms out there that are spreading it yep and that's really got to lead into our conversation that we're going to put off for another night <laughs> for <laughs> disability and long-term care homes yeah um because i think people have been ignoring that for too long the impact of that pre-symptomatic and asymptomatic spread. Yeah. I mean, long-term care homes and family caregivers, informal care. I, I got to stop using the word 
family caregivers. I understand. At least my understanding is family caregivers. Some people don't like informal or family caregivers. Sometimes it's not family. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. There's nothing informal about what we do to take care of Caden. We're doing the same things no. that a healthcare worker would do. We're Unpaid caregivers. Trained. Some people say it's like unpaid caregivers is a better term. But anyways, how do you yeah. protect unpaid I'm caregivers? An unpaid caregiver. How do you pay unpaid unpaid caregivers? What wh- what happens to the system when those people aren't protected? You're no, it's too late to start. No, we're to not going to get into that. I'm saying yes. that's to add to. So those are the two. Yeah, like huge things to that. That I think. Yeah, the unpaid caregiver part. I feel like we are in a position that we can talk about that as a first. Per, you know, as a as our our own experience and what we're afraid mm-hmm. of happening if one or both of us gets COVID at some mm-hmm. point. I was listening to an interview today from This American Life from um, an episode a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and they interviewed a father um, who was taking care of his three-year-old daughter yeah. while he had COVID-19 and his wife had COVID-19 so they were both sick and they have a toddler yeah. and the wife was so sick. She couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. She was just in the room, door locked and they were trying, they knew they were going to, their daughter was going to be exposed, but they were doing the same viral load theory, right? Just trying to avoid trying it. to avoid it. And so they're keeping her away from very sick mom and dad was wearing a mask yeah. as much as he could and trying to kind of, not cuddle as much as normal and that kind of thing, but he was so sick, so exhausted. He said he was describing like the level of mess their house is and, (laughs) and, and all the fear that he had of one of, of either of them taking a turn for the worse and dying. And at one point he just like started just sobbing. You could just hear the fear and exhaustion in his voice yeah. and like I just felt for him so much and then the interview was being conducted by his brother or brother-in-law and then it was funny because he said oh you got the you got the ugly tears you're you're a regular Barbara Walters <laughs> so he broke the ice there a bit but it was a very moving <laughs> interview that I I could empathize with a lot. Yeah. I and I mean, anybody that has any household that gets into, if you have young kids, like kids that aren't, can't take care of themselves, basically, it's going to be harrowing because you can't really call on anyone to help you. Like it's too big an ask. Obviously grandparents are kind of out of the question because you, because they're like going to most likely be high risk for this. And even, I don't know, like younger friends. Yeah, like even aunts and uncles, it's like, how can you ask somebody? Like the risk is so high for yeah. them to get sick. Like we know mm-hmm. lots of young people are getting seriously, seriously sick. I, even if you're not in mortal danger, it's like you are out for like a week or two, mm-hmm. very sick potentially. Yeah, So. so that's why I was looking on looking again at how do we get N95 masks, like thinking about before, like how do we even, like we need a protocol, <laughs> I, fe- mm-hmm. I feel like for that. Like, so this scare with Caden kind of 
got us thinking seriously about okay how do we actually yeah l- take this on because i mean this is going to be going on for another year and a half probably in small bursts but ha- so w- how do we decide what protocol we're going to have we're going to need to figure out how to isolate one or both of yeah you know try to I- try to isolate people from each other in this house as much as possible yeah, we have some thinking to do on that. Buying some sort of N95-ish, counterfeit N95s, something. Maybe just face shields. I found, oh, there's uh, one, oh, I can't remember the n- publication, but someone came up with a face mask design that is made for people that wear glasses. They just show how you can, you cut the shape. You print out a piece of paper that has the shape that you cut your little piece of plastic to, and then you poke two holes in it, and it the glasses hold it up. And mm. people are saying it's like it just as good as the head-mounted. Like you don't need a band. Like your glasses just hold up a sheet of plastic. Like a visor. Like no, a like it's a full a sheet. Face shield. It's a face shield. Sorry, yeah, a yeah. face shield. And uh, and I think there's it, the article that I found t- talked about how there's now I think it's from. Iowa or Idaho, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Someone <laughs> has basically the same anyway. <laughs> Someone so in a university there is saying that the face shield might be more valuable than a, a mask. Oh well. Because, well, I don't know why exactly, but just I mean, it makes well, droplets, like your your your. But pl- for aerosols, because we're worried about aerosols. You, we are worried about aerosols, but even if there are aerosols, there's still. Like the air has to get to your eyes or nose or mouth, right? Like you still have to go. So if you have a physical barrier around your face, like mm-hmm. it's just that much less yeah. likely that anything that's in the air is in a, like in front of you. Yeah. It's like more the air behind you and to the side of you that's coming in. But yeah. Yeah. We just really have to not get infected. It will be so hard. I think we have to find a way to become like healthcare workers. Like we have to we have to treat ourselves like healthcare workers. We have to figure out how to But get healthcare workers get to like leave the hospital and go home and take their PPE off. Mm, yeah. Whereas we won't be able to do that. We're just here. Are we gonna be We could have a safe zone. PPE we could have a clean zone. All the time. And then take it off and then, yeah, like gown, take off. I was thinking if I had like a lab coat or like a, like a, what's it called? Like a jumpsuit. No, what do they call them when you have like coveralls? Like I was thinking Mm -hmm. I need coveralls for when I, for if someone's sick and then you take the coveralls off before you leave the sick area. Okay. Yawn levels are high. We got to wrap this up. Okay. 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 I have a joke. Good. Now, whether or not this, this was intended completely as a joke, <laughs> I'm <laughs> not sure. But when I read it, I laughed out loud and then so did Tillich. So, mm-hmm. okay. So this is, <clears throat> this is a tweet by an actress who I don't know, Nicola Coulihan or something like that. And she says, mm-hmm. I know this time of self-isolation is hard and scary for people. But however bad you are feeling, please, please don't consider starting your own podcast. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Sorry. 
I'm not sorry. Kelly's not sorry. <laughs> I. What? Yeah. What? The joke's supposed to be the end of the podcast. I know. <laughs> the point. Okay, here's <laughs> the. <laughs> I recognize that this <laughs> podcast may or may not be helpful <laughs> for anyone other than us. <laughs> and that's why people. <laughs> you get what you pay for. It's you just a joke, dear. I know, but I'm also just saying, like, it is help. I think it definitely is a helpful thing for us. And I uh, can I just mm-hmm. add one other thought to this? Yeah. The okay, so uh, this the guy who I follow on Stoic Philosophy, Ryan Holiday, his he sends out a daily. Uh, I think it's called the Daily Dad email. So he gives like how you can use the Stoic Philosophy as a parent, and the thing he wrote about today that's relevant. He, so he talks a lot about stillness. So his latest book is called Stillness is the Key. All things. Finding time to reflect on what's going on mm-hmm. is really important in life. And it's, I think, in our culture, we, s- we tend to do that spaced out a lot. Like we will go on vacation and like take time to or on the holidays or you know we'll sit back and think about what's happened and going forward what we do but he says it's most important to do it in the midst of chaos like you actually have to find a way to find stillness in your day when things are the worst Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what this is that's what this is right now it's like we can Every night, like I swear, it makes me, it empties my brain before bed and I can just fall asleep like so quick because Mm -hmm. all the things that are bouncing around, well, not all of them, but a lot of them are getting processed and dumped into, into podcast sphere. Okay, good. Now can I go to bed? Yeah. Okay. Good Good night. night.